from the Disney MGM Studios in Florida, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, if we pick the winners. Welcome to episode 30 of the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. This is a special episode for being my 30th episode because it is Oscar season. Um, so I'm doing a new type of show based on an old type of show. This is going to be called If I Shed the Nominees as a bit of a tribute to Siskel Niebert, who inspired me quite a bit when I was a child. They, um, they would have a show around Oscar season every year called If We Pick the Winners, where they would make their decisions about who they would vote for, not necessarily who they thought would win um, for the Academy Awards of each year. Uh, in this case, uh, given the format of my show where I give points, uh, I'm gonna look at the major categories and assign points and shed the nominees down to the top three. Um, by doing so, you will should be able to figure out who I would vote for for the awards. Throughout the episode, I'm going to be uh, going over the Best Picture nominees from this year, as well as revealing to you uh, my top 10 films from the 2020 movie year. It was a very unusual year in many ways uh, because most of the movies I did watch were through streaming services. Um, I only really went to one movie in the movie theater before the pandemic happened. Um, Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, who, spoilers, is not going to be a film on my top ten list, but it was a movie I enjoyed nonetheless. So a lot of what I saw was very much um, on my TV or on my computer. I certainly was privileged enough to stream a lot of movies with the from the Toronto International Film Festival this year, and many of the other ones I I rented um, as far as first run rentals. A few of my favorites I've already seen twice over now, so we'll talk about that uh, throughout the show. And I'm going to start off with a major category. We're going to take a look at the nominees for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. The nominees are Sasha Baron Cohen, playing Abby Hoffman in The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Do you have contempt for your government? I'll tell you, Mr. Schultz, it's nothing compared to the contempt my government has for me. We've heard testimony from 27 witnesses under oath that say you hoped for a confrontation with the police that your plans for the convention were designed specifically to draw the police into a confrontation. Well, if I'd known it was gonna be the first wish of mine that came true, I would have aimed a lot higher. It's a yes or no question. When you came to Chicago, were you hoping for a confrontation with the police? I'm concerned you have to think about it. Give me a moment, would you, friend? I've never been on trial for my thoughts before. Daniel Kaluuya playing Fred Hampton in Judas and the Black Messiah. I need everybody to be there to me. I am, I am a revolutionary. If you 
struggle, you better win. If you dare not struggle, then goddammit, you don't deserve to win. I believe I'm gonna die half the people. I'm gonna die for the people because I live for the people. I live for the people because I love the people. Leslie Odom Jr. playing Sam Cooke in One Night in Miami. Paul Racy playing Joe in Sound of Metal. What's that all about, Ruben? Oh, your roof? I was fixing your roof. It's like one of the eaves is I was trying to fix your roof. You don't need to fix anything here. Okay. I've got a little uh, assignment for you, okay? You get up early, right? Yeah, pretty early, yeah. I'll have hot coffee waiting for you at 5.30. Early enough for you? I don't know, I guess. Okay, five. And I'll uh, provide a room for you. Or four. And there's nothing that needs to be accomplished in this room. All I want you to do is just sit. All I ask is if and when you cannot just sit, you turn yourself to the pen and paper that I'm going to supply for you. And I want you to write. Doesn't matter what you write, how you write, whether it's spelled correctly, or if it's just a big mess. I don't care. No one will read it, okay? But I want you to keep writing continuously, without stopping, until you feel like you can sit again. And Lakeith Stanfield playing William Bill O'Neill in Judas and the Black Messiah. All right, playtime's over, all right? Everybody grab a fucking wall. What the hell is this? I just paid O'Malley last week. Did you hear me? Do I look like some two-bit shakedown artist to you? What the fuck does this say? The initials. FBI. FBI, that's right, big guy. Hey, where you going? Come back here, clown. Everybody, hands on the fucking table. Come here. Man, we ain't here minding our own business. We ain't doing nothing to nobody. Yeah, 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 spread them over. Fuck off, you pig. Y'all motherfuckers ain't got shit oh, to do tonight? You're just minding your fucking business, huh? What's this? What's that? You fucking idiot. Swear to God, ain't no pig worse than a nigga with a bag. All right, big man, you going downtown. What? Yep. That GTO out there? The red one, it belonged to you? 
Yeah. Oh, it was reported stolen two months ago. Let's Hell go. no, that's my car. Hey, 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 hey. I got arrest for Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah, tell it to the judge. Starting with Sasha Baron Cohen, he's part of an unreal ensemble cast in Aaron Sorkin's The Trial of the Chicago 7. And I certainly appreciate what he does, and it is quite different from um, the Ali G and Borat work that we've seen uh, in a lot of his movies. And he does a really decent impression of Abby Hoffman, and I think that's what got him the nomination. Again, one of the things with the trial of the Chicago 7 is how good this cast is. And for me, as much as I liked him, I wasn't sure that he was necessarily the stand-up performer. Uh, a former Academy Award winner, Mark Rylance, a great British actor, uh, appears as the lawyer who's defending the Chicago 7. And I think he has some of the better scenes in the film. Um, so as far as who I would have nominated from this film, if I was to only nominate one person, uh, it would have been Rylance over Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, I certainly appreciate what he does in the movie, but I, I don't find myself as excited about this performance uh, as I feel that I should be. Um, he doesn't certainly doesn't do a bad job in any way. Um, so out of the 50 points I'm awarding for this category, uh, I would be very happy to give him 10 points. Daniel Kalua playing Fred Hampton is in many ways, both him and Stanfield, who he's up against in this category, are the leads in Judas and the Black Messiah. But it is uh, Kalua who has perhaps the flashier role of the two. Um, but in this case, it's a very, very effective performance um, from an actor who's been solid for a long time. Uh, certainly Get Out was his, when people started to really pay attention to him. And I think he, I, I think he was pretty darn close to being considered for best actor for that a few years ago. I think this is his award to win, and I would support that in many ways. Uh, he gives an incredibly strong performance here. Uh, I, I think he does indeed give the best performance in this list of five, and so I'm very happy that I would give him 15 points. Leslie Odom Jr. playing Sam Cook in One Night in Miami. I was. I liked One Night in Miami. I saw it for the Toronto International Film Festival. And it was good, but I didn't love it as much as everybody else. I know there's a whole lot of Oscar buzz around this film. It has a few nominations. Uh, I'm pretty happy that it didn't necessarily uh, get to the best picture uh, category because I, I think it's a very strong stage play that they try to make into a film, but is more effective at being a, a dialogue piece set in the hotel with these four famous um, African-American uh, figures. Uh, Odom does a nice job playing Sam Cooke. I believe he does all the singing for the role. And I sort of understand why he was nominated in some ways. There may have been some other performances that impressed me a little bit more this year, but he's probably does give the best of the four lead performances in the film and so the performance to me is slightly better than the whole film itself but yet it, against the other four gentlemen I don't think he is really as strong uh, as they are so I'm only awarding five points to that performance that leaves me 20 more points for the last two 
we have Paul Racy, uh, who plays Joe in Sound of Metal. He plays uh, a gentleman who is trying to get through to uh, Rizomod's heavy metal drummer who has lost his hearing, but is not really, as much as he makes gains, not willing to follow the rules in this group of essentially drug addicts and alcoholics who also have a hearing impairment and are trying to wrestle with the stress of that and learning how to communicate as well as be supportive of each other to stay sober. It's a very good performance. It didn't get major precursor nominations. It did with a lot of, won a lot of critics prizes along the way, uh, but no Golden Globe nomina nomination or Screen Actors Guild nomination. Yet it is, it is a strong performance and I think it definitely should be up there with uh, some of the best ones that, uh, that we're talking about here. I would say that uh, just again, up against the gentleman who I think probably give the three strongest performances, uh, he's very, very, very close, but I, I'm just one notch shorter than Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm giving uh, nine points to this performance, which leaves the last 11 for uh, Lakeith Stanfield from Judas and the Black Messiah. And to me, it does make sense that those are the two strongest performances in the category from the same film because they are basically co-leads in the film. It's a very difficult role. This is the gentleman who, to save himself, basically becomes an undercover rat, as it were, for lack of a better word, uh, for the FBI, trying to infiltrate the Black Panthers. And he does this for money and materialistic reasons, and he's finds himself very much stuck between two worlds. And there's most of the conflict in the film is for him, and the story is told basically through his eyes. It's a tough balance. Uh, I really like the scenes where it's flash forward to the future, and uh, he's playing this character in a documentary, a real documentary that happened in the late 80s. Those scenes are very effective, but he is a solid presence throughout the movie. I don't think Judas and the Last Messiah would have been the film that it is, and it is, of course, up for Best Picture as well, if it hadn't been for Lakeith Stanfield. And it's just a really, really close race for me between him and uh, Daniel Kaluuya, but Daniel Kaluuya's performance is just that much more charismatic and certainly a, a incredible challenge for him to disappear into uh, that man's skin. So that's why he is 15 points and it's 11 points for Lakeith Stanfield. So once again, if I was to shed the nominees, as it were, uh, I would be keeping Danielle Kalua, I would be keeping Sasha Baron Cohen, and I would be keeping Lakeith Stanfield in the Best Supporting Actor race. And as you can tell, my vote would go to Daniel Kalua for Judas and the Black Messiah. Throughout the show, I'm going to be revealing my top 10 favorite films of the year 2020. This is this was a, actually a tough list. And again, as I, I said at the top of the show, all of these movies I saw through streaming. I, I On my television or on my computer, through the uh, Toronto International Film Festival or their secret movie club. I also saw some of the movies just by renting them in first run when, again, it wasn't possible to go to the movie theater. And it was it was a real treat, even though it was expensive, to be able to see these movies well ahead of the Academy Awards ceremony this year. Starting off with my number 10 film is Mank, directed by David Fincher. 
Mank. It's Orson Welles. Of course it is. I think it's time we talked. What is it the writer says? Tell the story you know. Make yourself to home, Mr. Mankowitz, or shall I call you Herman? Please, call me Mank. 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 This is Herman Mankowitz, but we're to call him Mank. Mankowitz. Herman Mankowitz. New York playwright and drama critic. Turned humble screenwriter, Mr. Hurst. This is a business where the buyer gets nothing for his money but a memory. What he bought still belongs to the man who sold it. That's the real magic of the movies. Thunder, lightning, blood, fire, religion. All in one film. That's director proof. That's why I always want Mank around. I hear you're hunting dangerous game. God bless William Randolph Hearst. Ready and willing to hunt the great white whale? Just call me Ahab. Do come in. At this rate, you will never finish. You said 90 days. Well, said 60. I'm doing the best I can. I've put up with your suicidal drinking, your compulsive gambling, your silly platonic affairs. You owe me, Herman. Who do you think you are? You're nothing but a court jester. What I want to know is why you think of it. It's a bit of a jumble, a collection of fragments that leap around in time like Mexican jumping beans. Welcome to my mind, old sock. Him, I get. But what did Marion ever do to deserve it's this? It's not her. Not all characters are headliners. Some are secondary. You pick a fight with Willie. You are finished. Mayor can't save you. Nobody can, especially the boy genius from New York. I removed any distraction, eliminated every excuse. Your family, your cronies, liquor. I gave you a second chance. You cannot capture a man's entire life in two hours. All you can hope is to leave the impression of one. Why Hurst? Outside his own blonde Betty Boop, you're always his favorite dinner partner. Are you familiar with the parable of the organ grinder's monkey? <laughs> An amazing technical achievement, taking a look at the creation of the great Citizen Kane film. It is, of course, nominated for Best Picture and in several other categories this year. I, I expect it to win a few technical awards. I'm not sure if it's going to win any major awards this year, but it, it impressed me from beginning to end, and it is a, a strong film. My number nine choice is Cornel Mondrezo's film, Pieces of a Woman. I wanted to stay at home. I wanted the baby to decide when she wanted to come. My daughter came into this world. For the time that she did. And I can't bring her back. Martha, is that you? How are you? Time 60 to 70% of these cases, we rarely find a satisfactory explanation. There is something between 
certain things medically we just don't have answers for. Very sorry for your loss. How is Martha? Martha's fine. She's always fine. Have you decided to go to the trial? That's the right thing to do, honey. Because you say it is. She has to pay for her incompetence. We need some justice here. No, you need. Why are you trying to disappear my kid? Because we don't have a kid. I am facing this. I am facing it! I am facing this! Who cares about what they think? We saw at the Toronto International Film Festival one Oscar nomination for Best Actress for the wonderful Vanessa Kirby. And it's about a couple dealing with a miscarriage that happens in graphic detail early in the film. And in most movies, I would say like that scene is so in your face and so strong that there's nowhere to go but down for the rest of the film. But the intensity and the great performances by Vanessa Kirby and especially by the great Ellen Bernstein playing her mother who very much encourages her to sue the uh, the nurse who was helping with the home birth process. It leads to some really interesting dynamics. The, the controversial Shia LaBeouf plays uh, the boyfriend in here who's very much in dealing in his own way with this loss but also having to contend with the Ellen Bernstein character and there's some really intense scenes in the film but Kirby has the right balance reacting to those but not being so over the top. I think Shia LaBeouf, if there was a criticism of the film, that he's a little bit too method for this particular performance and the, the female leads in the film just do a, such a strong job. But it is a film that deals with the subject matter that is not dealt with in a whole lot of films and deals with it very well. So much like Mank, Pieces of a Woman is on Netflix. As we go throughout this show, I'm going to talk about some Best Picture nominees and let you know uh, how many points I would distribute among them. This year, we actually had eight nominees, and so I have 80 points to work with. And the first nominated film is The Father. Date of birth? Friday, 31st of December, 1937. You're living with your daughter at the moment? Yes, until she goes to live in Paris. No, Dad, why do you keep going on about Paris? You told me. No, I didn't. I'm sorry, and you told me the other day. Have you forgotten? She's forgotten. <laughs> Paris. They don't even speak English there. <laughs> Dad, I'd like you to meet Laura. How oh, do you do, sir? I say, you're gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> I must say, he's charming. Yeah. Not always. Laura has come round to help you. I don't need her or anyone else. I can manage very well on my own. Everything all right? Who are you? Actually, it's me, Paul. Who? I live here. What is this nonsense? Anne? It's me. Ah, there she is. Your father seemed a bit confused. Something wrong? Where's Anne? Sorry? Anne, where is he? I'm here. What's the matter, Dad? Strange things going on around us. Don't worry. Everything will sort itself out. Saw it in his eyes, didn't know who I was. It was like I was a stranger to him. Just did something to me. 
I don't know what she's cooking up against me, but she's cooking something up. What are you talking about, Dad? I'm not leaving my flat! I am not leaving my flat! This really is my flat. Isn't it? You see, the situation is very simple. My daughter is of the opinion that I cannot manage on my own. I'm so sorry about this. Why? She understands perfectly. It's important. I explained it all to you. Why do you keep looking as if there's something wrong? Everything is fine. I think she tries to do the best she can for you, Anthony. Everything will be all right. I promise you. There's something funny going on. It's the story of a man who has Alzheimer's and we're seeing his world in a remarkable way. This is one of the most emotional, sad, heartbreaking films of the year. I'm really happy that it's up for Best Picture. It is definitely one of the best movies of the year. And I'm really, really happy that it managed to to make the list. It is an older British man played remarkably by Anthony Hopkins in a career capper of a performance and has some true Terrific work from Olivia Coleman, also nominated, playing his daughter, who's in many ways her her life has been taken away by the need to care for her father. And we kind of piece together her journey at the same time as we're piecing his his journey together. And it ends in a heartbreaking climax. And it was one of the most important and effective films of the year. I'm giving the father 10 points out of the 80. Our next nominee is Judas and the Black Messiah. Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. Repeat after me. stolen car, five years for impersonating a federal officer, or you can go home. The Black Badges are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. Their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror. I will learn all that I can. I will learn. These ain't no terrorists. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder a liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. This is a fantastic film uh, produced by Ryan Coogler. Very much taking a look at the Black Panthers. And in particular, taking a look at Chairman Fred Hampton of Chicago uh, and his battle with uh, the FBI uh, to be able to speak out and protect the the rights of African-Americans post the assassinations of Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X and Medgar Evers. And uh, he, of course, a very young man, becomes an enemy of the United States of America and due to the inside work of 
Bill O'Neill and the FBI, they, they come in and commit one of the most uh, atrocious acts and frustrating acts um, that you see in the film. It is a solid movie. I, I don't know why necessarily I was left with a kind of, I, I knew where it was going all along. So I, I wasn't necessarily feeling its power as much as uh, I would have liked to. I certainly agree that it is extraordinary and it's an important story to tell, but it's the acting, I'd say, more than anything else. And it is a very well-written film as well. But I, I'm not sure that it's necessarily one that it's more of a nominated film, and I'm glad it got the nomination. I'd say it, it belongs there a little bit more than actually being the potential winner. That said, I, I think it is definitely a good enough movie that we can take a look at giving it five points. Moving on now to the Best Supporting Actress category. And this year's nominees are Maria Bakalova as Tudor for Borat subsequent movie film. I'm leaving. No, you don't. Who will lock your cage at night? I can do anything a man can do. No, you cannot. I can even become a journalist and probably a better one than you, Borat Margaret Sakdiev. Who told you my middle name was Margaret? Everyone you know. You will never understand anything. I understand everything. You want this book? Hey! Take it. I hate it, and I hate you, and I will never see you again. Oh, and by the way, I ate the monkey. He didn't eat himself. Glenn Close as Bonnie Mama Vance in Hillbilly Elegy. You gotta take care of business, you gotta go to school, you gotta get good grades to even have a chance. Mom was the best in her class. What's the point? I'm talking about a chance. You might not make it, but you sure as hell won't if you don't try. Why do you even care what I do? I ain't gonna live forever. Who's gonna take care of this family when I'm gone? No, I thought your mama was gonna be all right. Be happy, do good. But she got tore up around here. She just up and quit. She just stopped trying. I know. I could have done better. But you, you got to decide. You want to be somebody or not? Olivia Coleman as Anne in The Father. So, well, Laura has come round uh, to meet us uh, so that she can get an idea of how you live and, and to what extent she might be able to help you. He's gone to find his watch. I must say he's charming. Yeah, not always. Amanda Seyfried as Marianne Davies in Mank. Hello, Tokyo? London, you there? Ah, nerds. What is that? Ah, Pops' radio phones. Never ever be out of touch with your empire. No, no. What's nerds? Nerds is Brooklynese for nuts. Jeepers. What did I do that was so terrible? I guess I shouldn't have said that thing about the cabinet in front of Tugwell, but since when does anybody care what I have to say? Those things just pop out of my mouth, and the moment they do, I feel like... Like, like you got caught, jambes en l'air. <gasps> no. Well, 
Do you always just say whatever you think? Hmm. You're blushing. Am not. Are too. Am not. Are too. I can see it. Even in the dark. Well, what can I tell you, Mank? Marion Doris went to convent school. Hedda! <laughs> Luella! What's a gossip columnist around this castle when you need one? I hate shop talk. I never know what's going on. The one thing you never, ever talk about is Upton Sinclair. I noted. The moment he's mentioned, the evening turns. It's sort of a sore subject. Really? Do tell. I don't even know who this Mr. Sinclair is, but he wrote about us for a book. I used to quote it word for word. And Yoon Yoo-jung playing Suja in Minari. This just gets better and better. Early in the award season, Jodie Foster uh, had a surprise win for the Golden Globe. By her winning that and then not being nominated for Best Supporting Actress this year, it has made this one of the most competitive categories, I think, of the night. The Screen Actors Guild Award went to Yoo Young Jung for Minari. I would not be surprised if she wins, but I also wouldn't be surprised if somebody else comes out of nowhere to, to win this category. As far as the, the points I would distribute, it's a little bit, nobody in this category is bad. It's just there's one performance above all the others that I think I would give a little bit more credit to. Maria Bakalova was such a breath of fresh air and plays Borat's daughter. And when we first see her, she looks very young and we watch her come to America and experience all these things and go on this really interesting journey, as interesting, if not more interesting than Borat's journey. And she took as many risks as Sasha Baron Cohen does, including the uh, infamous scene with Rudy Giuliani where she's interviewing him. And it, it goes in a very sexual direction. I truly feel that she should win. She's charming. She's funny. A risk taker. And I, I don't think that this Borat film would have been anywhere as interesting if she wasn't in it. To the point that I'm actually willing to give out 20 points of the 50 to Maria Bakalova. 
If there was to be a career award, it would be given to Glenn Close. If she won, I would not be upset or sad. It's not my favorite performance of the list, of course, but I think she's been snubbed time after time after time. And a couple of years ago for The Wife, she wins all the precursor awards, and then she loses the big prize to Olivia Coleman, who no doubt was very good in The Favorite as well. But I think that Close has been overdue for a long time. If she was to win, I, would, again, would not be that upset over it. That said, I don't think that this is her best role. Uh, Hillbilly Elegy is a decent enough movie, but it is quite colorful, and there's a, a lot of characterizations about poor families, and she plays very much the strict, no-nonsense grandmother who did a bad job of raising her daughter and is trying to make it up by raising her, her grandson. And she has some very nice moments in the performance. I don't think Glenn Close can give a bad performance, to be honest with you. She stuck with a weaker script than the other women in this category, which makes it perhaps kind of difficult. I'm going to give Glenn Close five marks for her performance. Again, this is one where it's not my favorite performance, but Glenn Close herself is an actor who is way, way, way overdue for an Academy Award. Olivia Coleman is wonderful in The Father. She plays Anne, who is dealing with the fact that her, her father has extreme dementia, perhaps Alzheimer's, and she finds herself in his world where from scene to scene, she becomes a different thing. But you can actually piece together, uh, if you watch the movie a couple times, her story. And her story is absolutely heartbreaking. Olivia Coleman is solid in this movie. It's not a flashy role. She already has an Oscar. So I, I again, wouldn't necessarily support her winning for this. But she has great taste in material with The Father and certainly with the work that she's done like last couple seasons on The Crown. I'm going to give Olivia Coleman 10 points for her performance. Amanda Seyfried plays Marianne Davies and Mank. She was a real actor who was the inspiration for a character in Citizen Kane. And we see her friend Mankiewicz use her relationship with a billionaire. And he turns a version of her into a flighty showgirl and ruins the relationship and gets a lot of people upset. Amanda Seyfried has some pretty nice scenes, but she also benefits from a pretty good script and also the fact that David Fincher, a master director, is filming her. She looks the role. I'm not sure that there was anything out of the ordinary that she did in this performance. I like her quite a bit. I've liked her in several movies over the years, but I'm not sure that this is this is the one she's nominated, but I think she's kind of going along on the ride of Mank for this one. Unfair, perhaps. So as a result of that, I'm only giving her three points. I do think it's a weaker performance, but it looks better because she has better writing. Glenn Close did not have the screen play that Amanda Seyfried had. And so Glenn Close made the most out of what she could do with her material. Amanda Seyfried stuck to the material, but it isn't necessarily as good a performance as uh, the other four women give. And finally, I'm giving the remaining 12 points to Yu Young Jung from Minari. She plays, again, a colorful grandmother character, not unlike Glenn Close. The difference being that 
that there's just some subtlety that isn't there. Again, better script, better direction in Minari. But her relationship with her her grandkids, in particular her grandson, is really magical seeing how that develops uh, from being very combative and how she's trying to work out a way to keep this family together. But her actions late in the film do something which uh, sets the family back dramatically and a lot of like the heart and soul of the film in many ways you could go back to and say Yu Young Jung has and that's why she is one of the two actors that is nominated for this film and I'm interested to see if she's going to win Best Supporting Actress it would not be the worst choice that they've made but recapping if I was to only go with three and shed the nominees clearly Maria Bakalova for Borat subsequent movie film Olivia Coleman for The Father and Yu Young Jung from Minari would be my three choices for nominees and I would clearly be voting for Maria Bakalova to win Best Supporting Actress I would be very very happy if she won but again even though she didn't make my top three if Glenn Close was to win I would be happy and for the progress of film if Yu Young Jung won having a Korean actor giving a, a full Korean language performance in this film that would not be a bad thing either so and Olivia Coleman, I, I, I love I, I'm not necessarily in favor of her winning but uh, I just love the work she does and I know she's going to be great for years and years and years she's going to be one of those reliable British actors that we can always turn to and I will always put my money forward to see her in any movie continuing on with my top 10 list my number 8 choice is a film I saw at TIFF I, I'm not sure a lot of people have seen this movie yet and it may be getting a, more, a wider release in 2021 is a movie called Wildfire Can I buy you ladies of my age? Yeah. You want something stronger? No. Sure? Yeah. You twins? <laughs> no. <laughs> Guess who's older, me or her? Hmm. Bet you're older the size of that belly on you. Oh. <laughs> hey, hold on. I, I, that's all muscle, love. Here, muscle man. See if you can do this. Watch. Oh, my legs. Yeah! <laughs> How are you doing that in here, girl? <laughs> Why not? What are she doing? Cut it out or get out. Sure, they've done far worse and you still serve them. <laughs> yeah, far worse. You should go on now, girls. We're not going anywhere. We haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> Someone shut that fucking hanging up. <laughs> you don't know who you're dealing with, wee girl. Yeah, I do. 12th of July, 92. Busy day for you, wasn't it, Jerry? My man told me what you did. Our dad was one of the 26-year bomb killed. She doesn't even remember him. And you look at early release to keep the peace. You might be a free man, Jerry, but you're still a murderer. Alma! 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 You don't spare me, mess up. Do a fucking What are you going to do, huh? What are you going to do, huh? Get those fuckers out of here now! That's it, girls. Bye-bye. Get the fuck! Bye-bye, girls. It is an Irish drama directed by a woman named Kathy Brady in this long list of great female directors this year. And it's about two sisters who are get reunited and discover some secrets from their mother's past, which are shocking. It is 
a surprising film. It deals with sisterhood in a beautiful way. It does acknowledge the troubles in Ireland. I hate to see watching the news now that because of some issues with Brexit and certainly with COVID-19, that there is some tension rising, unfortunately, in Ireland again. I have two Irish films on this list, and maybe it's a little bit of a bias because I am Irish, but Wildfire is a film to check out. So it's a movie I would champion. I don't want to say too much about it because I, I would like people to check it out. Terrific performances by Daniel McGugan and Helen Bahan, and just just a, a terrific cast, but it's a little film, and it's well worth watching. My number seven film is, again, one of the Best Picture nominees, Sound of Metal. You sounded great. Yeah, right. What? You're telling me you weren't feeling it? You were in it. We don't need to, we don't need to put them all out. I know, but we just need to film Your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. Lou, no. let's play tomorrow. Let's see what it's like, okay? I'm gonna be like a click track. You can play to me. You have to understand your first responsibility is to preserve the hearing you have. I can't hear you. Do you understand me? I can't. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. found a place. I think it's important that you stay here with us right now, Ruben. We're looking for a solution to, to this. Not this. I need you to wait for me, okay? You're it for me, Lou. You're my part. You're it for me, okay? You gotta wait for me. does keep moving it can be a damn cruel place but those moments of stillness I had expectations for it, but it, it exceeded those expectations. Darius Martyr is the director of the film. And to basically put the audience in the position where we have a hearing impairment and, and can hear the world from the perspective of our protagonist, I can't emphasize how good Riz Ahmad is in this film. Uh, it's such a strong performance. And we go on his journey. It, like Mank, is an amazing technical achievement. This has a little bit more heart to it 
but we definitely feel the frustration that this young man who's battling his drug addiction and coming to terms with being hearing impaired and how that's going to affect his music career in the future and how it's going to affect his relationship with his girlfriend who is part of their dual rock band. It is just a, a wonderful film and I'm glad it's up for some Academy Awards. I definitely expect it to win in the sound category if nothing else and I do hope people will check this movie out if they haven't seen it. Continuing on with the nominees for Best Picture. Meg, it's Orson Welles. Of course it is. I think it's time we talked. Ready and willing to hunt a great white whale? Just call me Ahab. Tell the story you know. I hear you're hunting dangerous game. This is different. This is about something. I've put up with your suicidal drinking, your compulsive gambling, your silly platonic affairs. I gave you a second chance. How wealth and influence can crush a man. Are you hoping I might absolve you of such a personal betrayal? You made yourself court jester. Nobody but nobody makes a monkey out of William Randolph Hearst. You pick a fight with Willie, you are finished. Mank. Mr. Mankiewicz. Mank is a technical achievement that is unbelievable, recreating a lot of the look of Citizen Kane, totally being uncompromising in setting this movie in the 30s and the 40s, and watching everything that leads up to Herman J. Mankiewicz writing his screenplay for Citizen Kane, which became one of the great movies of all time. It's just an amazing technical achievement. I enjoyed it, but again, it didn't have the emotional impact that even Judas and the Black Messiah made me angry at some points there even though I don't think it's as good a movie as Mank but given the emotional impact of some of the other nominees uh, it kind of sits a little bit in the middle of this list it is definitely a, a strong film and a worthwhile best picture nominee and I, I, I certainly understand why it was nominated I'm giving Mank seven points what a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord Minari is a remarkable achievement I think if the Academy is going to go with their hearts this movie is almost tailor-made as a best picture winner I think it has a very very good shot I think this is a very wide open category this year I can see the Academy going two or three different places but this is a film that got a lot of attention early on mostly due to a Golden Globe snub where they said there was too much of the Korean language for it to be considered for best picture drama so it was in the foreign language category but uh, not eligible for best picture and I think that probably championed the film to this point yet yeah, it's a quite a deserving film so I have no problem with it being on the list and I think it's it's quite a strong film I don't think I outright cried with the film it didn't you know there are a couple other movies that gave me a little bit more of an, an emotional punch than this one but you definitely feel for this family and their struggle to achieve 
achieve in many ways the American dream in the middle of Arkansas on this farm field where they are trying to grow real, authentic Korean vegetables and they want to live their life in the freedom of America, but also hang on to their culture. And it's a beautiful journey and this is quite a special film. I'm giving Minari nine points. Now I'm going to take a look at the best director category. And the nominees are Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, David Fincher for Mank, Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Uh, it's no secret that two of these movies are my absolute favorite movies of the year as we go through and I reveal my top 10 list and also as I talk about the best picture category uh, that should be obvious so perhaps that is somewhat inflating the number of points I'm going to give in this category. I have 50 points to give so starting off Lee Isaac Chung does a really really nice job of this very small and personal story uh, he's a very talented filmmaker I'm looking forward to seeing more of his work in the years to come. I think he's against at least three nominees that are slightly better. This movie has more heart, let's say, than the other gentleman who uh, I'm maybe giving a, a touch more credit for for the technical achievement of his film, but of kind of the, the two best of the three male nominees. I'm giving Lee Isaac Chung four points for Minari. Emerald Fennell, a British actor who's the writer and director of Promising Young Woman, just blew me away. It was the movie in one screening that blew me away the most this year. And so it's a real battle between another kind of emotional reaction. Again, I am a bit of a sucker for revenge movies and Promising Young Woman is a revenge film versus the amazing realism of the other female nominee uh, and the work that she did in this category. So I'm probably ending up splitting the difference in this one and, and making it a little bit of a coin toss. I will tell you who I would vote for at the end here, but I would give 20 points to Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. When we look at David Fincher, very much have to appreciate the fact that with David Fincher and Mank, David Fincher is just such a great director and he won nearly every precursor prize for the social network several years ago. Ever since the movie Seven, he has been on fire. Uh, he's one of the greats. For some reason, the Academy doesn't like to necessarily give him the award. I don't think he's going to get the award this year. He's another of these Kubricks or Altmans, uh, a regular nominee, but not necessarily the guy who wins. I do hope he wins someday. I'm not sure Mank is that film, but the fact that he set everything up in the 1930s and 40s so beautifully and used a lot of the techniques that Orson Welles used with Citizen Kane in telling the story of the creation of Citizen Kane, it is a visual achievement from start to finish, and yet it doesn't seem to have the heart that a Minari or the anger that a promising young woman has, but yet it's a, it's a solid, solid film. I'm giving David Fincher, probably ungenerously so, six points for Mank. Thomas Vinterberg has been around for a long time, a terrific filmmaker, and Another Round is a film I saw at the Toronto International Film Festival. Bit of a surprise nominee. I think he's probably going to be rewarded in the international film category, but I don't necessarily think 
think he I think he's just unfortunately out outmatched with uh, this list this year he kind of took Aaron Sorkin's place Sorkin I thought did a decent enough job but it was again you know a, a courtroom drama that I've, I've seen done a, a lot before so I think those either way one of those gentlemen would have been in fifth place with this particular list here I am unfortunately I'm giving zero points that doesn't mean I don't respect the film or what he does this uh, unusual story about teachers who start drinking to try to make their lessons in class and their personal lives more interesting and then that goes sideways of course but very much the end of the film has had me confused not to spoil the end as far as what the message of this film was and Vinterberg maybe is partially responsible for my confusion on that front. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland creates one of the most real stories about the nomads and the camera just gets right into this world with the great Francis McDormand and it is a enormous directorial achievement so I am also giving 20 points which is why uh, because of the inflation of both Emerald Fennell and Chloe Zhao's points I only had 10 more to work with for Chung, Fincher and Vintenberg so that's why Vintenberg gets zero and Fincher and Chung kind of split the other 10 uh, with a little bit of an edge to Fincher there so if I'm shedding the nominees then the nominees would be Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman David Fincher for Mank just just a notch above Lee Isaac's Chung and then Chloe Zhao for Nomadland and again as far as the splitting and the difference in some of these categories for me I am going to say that if I had a vote and I had to pick between Fennell and Zhao I, I would vote for Zhao for Best Director I am suspecting that that's the direction the Academy is going to go it's long overdue for another woman to win Best Director and it's for an extraordinary film so I just watched it again the other night and uh, I can't fault uh, the Academy if they go in that direction I will also be over the moon if Emerald Fennell was to win Best Director. Continuing on with my top 10 list. My number six choice is again one of the front runners for Best Picture, Minari. What a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. If you're here with us for the first time, please stand. What a beautiful family. Glad you're here. How's your daddy like that new farm? He growing things good, doing things right? Yes. I don't like grandma. Grandma smells like Korea. Yeah. What about Grandma Smell? We're here to save the world. We have to think about it again. We have to see if we can get something to do with our parents. Wow! Wow! We need to find water somewhere. If that soil ain't wet, we're gonna lose the crop.
boy. I'm not pretty. I'm good looking. Directed by Lee Isaac Chung. And it's just a beautiful story about family with the hope of buying up some land and growing some Korean vegetables and giving a little bit, you know, infusing some of their culture into American life. And they come across all of the challenges that one would expect, as well as challenges in many ways within the family and some struggles in the marriage and financial struggles and just wonderful performances. Certainly want to highlight Stephen Young from The Walking Dead, who plays Jacob, the father. And of course, Yao Young Jung, who plays the grandmother and has some great scenes. She almost steals the show. Alan S. Kim is adorable as David, the young boy who very much represents the director. It is one that I think you could show to everybody and they're, they're going to enjoy it. And I can certainly understand why it would win Best Picture if it does. And I won't be sad to see it win Best Picture, even though I have a couple other films uh, ahead of it on the list. My second Irish film that I want to mention is number five on my top ten list. It's a movie called Herself. What can I do for you? I want to build a house. These are some of the vacant sites that you have. You see, if you lend me the money and let me use a site, then I could have that built for me and my kids. I'm really sorry. I can't help you with this. We can't go on like this. Just keep telling yourself, it's temporary. Sorry, guys. Play <sighs> three times and you got your kids here. John, please, I need this job. Yes. What are we doing, Sandra? Do you think this is good for the girls? I've seen a counselor. We could try and make it work. <sighs> I want to fix him, you know? I know, but there are some people you just can't. I have designed a house that costs just 35,000 euros to build. Sandra, why didn't you ask me? Your mother was far more than a cleaner to me. She was a friend. It's land going to waste. Use it. Build a house for you and your girls. It is directed by Felita Lloyd, and it is about a, a woman who escapes an abusive relationship with her, her two girls and then encounters the injustice of the social services department and how it's been designed to favor husbands over wives. And very much about the inspiring journey of how she decides to build her own home and do it herself. And it's about community and it's a very hopeful message. Yet every time I kind of thought it was going to go into a formulaic and sort of a simple approach to storytelling it doesn't this is a movie that i sincerely wish had gotten a little bit more attention and more of an audience through uh, amazon's marketing machine claire dunn definitely would have been on my list ahead of some of the best actress nominees playing sandra it's a wonderful film if you have amazon prime please check out herself it is another one of these wonderful small movies much like wildfire that i i would like to champion and i'd like to have more people check out. Continuing on with the nominees for Best Picture. Be 
Yes, Nomadland. It, it is it is one of the two best movies uh, of the year. It achieves this authenticity that very few films actually do. I felt like I was right there in this world, on this journey with Fern, played by the great Frances McDormand. Chloe Zhao's vision for this film, and she wrote, directed, and edited the film in such a beautiful manner. And I do expect her to walk away with a few trophies at the end of Oscar night. I watched it again recently I, I had a slightly more emotional reaction more than a cerebral reaction in my second viewing of it and it definitely holds up yeah there are some sad things but it is about the human spirit and it's about being stuck in a place and then having the freedom to make the choice to move on but also respect those who've gone before it, it's just an absolutely beautiful film and I, I just have to give credit where credit's due with this film I, I am giving it 20 points my assistant tells me that you're interested in resuming med school. I left under unusual circumstances. Huh. You remember the accusations made against Alexander Monroe? I don't. He took a girl back to his room. You know, we get accusations like this all the time. So it's the he said, she said situation. What would you have me do? Ruin a young man's life? <laughs> Was it reported? Yes. Do you know who she spoke to? You. Here. It's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Really? <laughs> Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? <laughs> what do you want? I don't know. You seem nervous. No use hiding from the piper. Oh. She has to be paid. Why do you guys have to ruin everything? a day of reckoning for everyone Promising Young Woman is the best revenge film I've ever seen. It is important. It is a post-Me Too movement film. It is from beat to beat to beat exactly what I wanted, yet it still had the ability to surprise me. This is an amazing achievement from the writing, the directing, the look of the film. It is a, a cool film dealing with incredibly disturbing subject matter, and everybody is top-notch. Emerald Fennell is the filmmaker of the future. I can't wait to see what her next film is and Carrie Mulligan emerges once again as an enormous star that I'm not sure everybody has completely recognized to the extent that she deserves uh, taking a look at her work in education and shame and some of these other films uh, Drive is another one where she had a great supporting role a few years ago people need to be paid attention to this young woman even if she doesn't win the Academy Award this time she is one of the best actors of her generation hands down and promising young woman 
Woman is an amazing film that I'm also giving 20 points to. We're now going to move on to another major category, Best Actor in a Lead Role. And the nominees for Best Actor are Riz Ahmad playing Ruben Stone in Sound of Metal. Well, then fucking support me. How's about that? Fucking support me, Lou. Huh? You don't want to be here? Of course I do. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew this was coming. I fucking knew it. This is about the fucking album, huh? What happened? You get a better offer? What are you talking huh? about? What are you I saying? Can't I can't hear you. I can't fucking hear you. Do you understand me? I can't. I'm fucking deaf. I'm fucking deaf. No fucking hearing. Okay? Okay? No, what I need, what I need is a fucking gun in my mouth. What I need is a fucking gun in my fucking mouth. Okay? Look, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just fucked up. I just need a little, I need a minute to think. Okay? The late Chadwick Boseman playing Levy Green in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. The man come in here, call you a boy, tell you to get up off your ass in rehearsal. You ain't had nothing to say except, yes, sir. <laughs> I can say yes, sir, to whoever I please. What you got to do with it? I know how to handle white folks. I've been handling them for 32 years. Now you gonna tell me how to do it? Just cause I say yes sir don't mean I'm spooked up by him. I know what I'm doing. Let me handle it my way. Well go on and handle it then. Tell you know, you always messing with somebody. Always agitate somebody with that old philosophy bullshit you be talking. You stay out of my way about what I do and say. I'm my own person. Just let me alone. All right, all right, Levy, you right. I apologize. Ain't none of my business. You spooked up by the white man. <laughs> all right, see, that's the shit I'm talking about. Y'all back up and leave Levy alone. Oh, come on, Levy. We was all just having fun. Toledo ain't said nothing about you. He ain't said about me. You just taking it all wrong. <laughs> ain't meant nothing by it, Levy. Levy got to be Levy. You don't need nobody messing with him about the white Sir Anthony Hopkins playing a character named Anthony as well in The Father. Date of birth? Friday, 31st of December, 1937. You're living with your daughter at the moment? Yes, until she goes to live in Paris. No, Dad, why do you keep going on about Paris? You told me. No, I didn't. I'm sorry, Anne, you told me the other day. Have you forgotten? She's forgotten. <laughs> Paris. They don't even speak English there. Gary Oldman playing the infamous Herman J. Mankiewicz in Mank. Now, along comes Nemesis. That's Greek for any guy in a black hat. Nemesis runs for governor, and he's sure to win. Why? Because he's exactly what our Don used to be. An idealist, you get it? And not only that, Nemesis is the same guy who once predicted that our Coyote would one day preside over a socialist revolution. Our Coyote looks into the mirror of his youth and decides to break this glass. The maddening reminder of who he once was, assisted by his faithful Sancho, and armed with all the black magic at his command, he does just this, destroying in the process not one man, but two. Well, what do you think, Louis? Hmm? Are you thinking of play? Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 
and Steven Yoon for playing Jacob Yi in Minari. This is a very strong category, and I have pretty strong opinions. I am pretty certain that I know who's going to win, and I support the memory of that particular actor, a very talented young man named Chadwick Boseman, but he's not necessarily the person I would vote for. So I, I do want to be respectful, uh, certainly, uh, of his performance in that regard. Starting off with Riz Ahmed playing Ruben Stone, very challenging role. Uh, this is a good actor. He's been around for a while, but this is the film role that has started to make his career. He won an Emmy for uh, an HBO miniseries called The Night Of, which he was excellent in as well. And he's a heavy metal rocker who loses his hearing, but also struggles with addiction and is also struggling with what's now going to happen to his relationship with his girlfriend, who was the lead singer of the rock band that they had they toured around with. And we very much see, and remarkably in this film, hear what he sees and hears. It's an amazing performance. I think in any ordinary year, this would be a knockout punch, no-brainer win for Best Actor. He's up against the memory of an actor who I think the Academy at some point wanted to recognize, and this is their last chance to do so, and career capper for one of the great actors of all time, as well as two just amazing performances. So it's a tough category, but uh, he, he would very much be my runner-up. So I would be giving 13 points to Riz Ahmad. Then we get to Chadwick Boseman. He has by far the least screen time, as his fellow nominee Anthony Hopkins would say, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, who won for a very short screen performance in The Silence of the Lambs. He certainly has the energy and the grit in the role and handles the material in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom well. I, I think he is gives the best performance of anybody in the film, including his amazing co-star Viola Davis. But that said, I, I by the end I was left with the you know the message of the film goes back to him and how he doesn't know how to play the music game at that particular time and the racism and the the theft of black artists and their music, which is a, a big part of this uh, amazing play and very very strong film. Bozeman is good and I think I, I very much want to pay respects to that role by giving 10 points to it. Then we get to Anthony Hopkins. Not one of these five performances affected me as emotionally as Anthony Hopkins playing this man who is suffering through Alzheimer's and we are seeing the entire story brilliantly rendered in screenplay and direction through his eyes and the great confusion that he goes through throughout the piece leading to a climax where I was a puddle with this performance so again and I think in some ways I'm kind of going with my heart with some of my choices this year even though there are some achievements like Rizamod's which is unbelievable but what I am going to do is I, I am going with 20 points for Anthony Hopkins in The Father and that leaves only seven for two really really good performances and again in an ordinary year it might have been a different story. Gary Oldman has an Oscar for playing Winston Churchill a few years ago. He's one of the great actors. That he does a great job as steering the ship in Mank, but I'm not sure it's his best performance necessarily. It 
it's it's flashy. Stephen Young is great in Minari as well, and he's the central character. He is the father who has this vision of creating a farm where they grow Korean vegetables in the middle of Arkansas, and he watch he takes this risk that could cost him his family, all the money, his marriage, and we see the dream, but we also see the frustration on his face in a, a very subtle performance as well. I think I would give four points to Stephen Young for Minari and three points to Gary Oldman. For Mank, I think both those performances deserve certainly more points than I've given here, but I do think that the other three performances are, are, are just amazing. So that leaves Riz Ahmad, Chadwick Boseman, and Anthony Hopkins as the nominees when I shed the other two. And again, I just, Hopkins' performance moved me so much that that would be my vote. I know he's not going to win. I'm pretty certain he's not going to be attending the awards even, but I think that's honestly where I would have to go. I'm not sad to see Chadwick Boseman win, but I also wouldn't be sad to see Ahmed or Hopkins come up with a surprise win too. I get that this is the last chance to recognize Chadwick Boseman, and that's where the heart of the Academy is this year. Continuing on with my top 10 list. My number four film is a movie that just blew me away at the Toronto International Film Festival, A New Order. it reached enough of an audience or enough critical attention necessarily to carry it into an award season. It's a Mexican film directed by Michelle Franco and it's almost like a science fiction film yet it takes place in contemporary times where members of a wealthy family gather for a wedding as a nearby protest escalates into all-out violence in Mexico City uh, and pretty soon the military is taking total control over Mexico and holding people as prisoners and it is brutal it is violent and so it's probably a bit of a downer for some people but it just devastated me how solid this film was and its impact was so strong yet it is not a sentimental movie I, I, I've i been kind of saying that I've been going with my heart a lot with the film's choices for the Oscars and somewhat with my top 10 list this year but as hard as another one of the films I'm going to mention in a moment is there's no comparison with New Order. I wouldn't recommend it to just anybody. It is extremely violent and quite disturbing, but it does make a point about how volatile politics has been and continues to be in Mexico and the potential for what could happen uh, someday in Mexico City. If, if you are a film fan or you're interested in this particular subject matter, you'll know this is the movie for you, but I would say that it is a hard R film. It would not be one that 
that I would recommend to just anyone, but it is number four on my top 10 list. And as I've said, one of the great cries of this year for me is the film version of The Father. Date of birth? Friday, 31st of December, 1937. You're living with your daughter at the moment? Yes, until she goes to live in Paris. No, Dad, why do you keep going on about Paris? You told me. No, I didn't. I'm sorry, Anne, you told me the other day. Have you forgotten? She's forgotten. <laughs> Paris. They don't even speak English there. <laughs> Dad, I'd like you to meet Laura. How oh, do you do, sir? I say, you're gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> I must say, he's charming. Yeah, not always. Laura has come round to help you. I don't need her or anyone else. I can manage very well on my own. Everything all right? Who are you? Actually, it's me, Paul. Who? I live here. What is this nonsense? Anne? It's me. Ah, there she is. Your father seemed a bit confused. Something wrong? Where's Anne? Sorry? Anne, where is she? I'm here. What's the matter, Dad? Strange things going on around us. Don't worry. Everything will sort itself out. Saw it in his eyes, didn't know who I was. It was like I was a stranger to him. Just did something to me. I don't know what she's cooking up against me, but she's cooking something up. What are you talking about, Dad? I'm not leaving my flat! I am not leaving my flat! This really is my flat. Isn't it? You see, the situation is very simple. My daughter is of the opinion that I cannot manage on my own. I'm so sorry about this. Why? She understands perfectly. It's important. I explained it all to you. Why do you keep looking as if there's something wrong? Everything is fine. I think she tries to do the best she can for you, Anthony. Everything will be all right. I promise you. There's something funny going on. directed by Florian Zeller, who also uh, brought it to the stage. And it is a career capper of a performance from Anthony Hopkins, playing a man named Anthony, who is struggling in his 80s to make sense of the world that he's in. And he's not sure if there's a conspiracy against him or if his family is lying to him or what's happening from scene to scene, moment to moment. And we experience that journey and get as lost as he does. It is such a brilliant piece of writing. It is well-directed. You can tell it is based on a play. I did have some comments about like One Night in Miami that that's also based on a play. But this one has a the ideas to me were, were very cinematic. And it's a, in a way, it's a, a small story, but it's a universal story as the population ages. And hopefully it will, for those of us who are a bit younger, we will learn to show more empathy to people who are older and who are struggling. And just even thinking about it really does move me. And there are scenes when you realize what is happening to this man that are not just sad, but maddening. And is particularly surrounding the treatment of older people who deserve better from the younger generations. And uh, I feel like I learned a lot from the father. And it is definitely one of the most moving experiences of the film year. And that's why it's number three on my top 10 list. Then I had a coin toss. I mean, after the Toronto International Film Festival, uh, just the experience of seeing Chloe Zhao's Nomadland. You were 
you're one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. And they sometimes call you nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Badland Spa. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's gonna come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. One of the things I love most about this life is that there's no final goodbye. I've met hundreds of people out here, and I don't ever say a final goodbye. Let's just say, I'll, I'll see you down the road. And I do. I see them again. And I can be certain in my heart, I'll see you again. just blew me away that once again Frances McDormand just keeps topping herself from Fargo to three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri to Nomadland and all of the great supporting work that she's done in movies like North Country and Almost Famous and the great work in all of these Coen Brother films over the years. Frances McDormand is good in everything that she does and she is one of our most important actors. I mean she is the, the gravitas of of a, a Jack Nicholson. And in many ways, Nomadland reminded me of movies like Five Easy Pieces and kind of late 60s, early 70s films that comment on the American dream. And while Minari looks at the American dream and perhaps through a more hopeful lens, uh, Nomadland shows those who reject the concept of the American dream and have this freedom in a way that other people don't understand and took us genuinely into another world without it being a science fiction film or anything like that. And it is so realistic. And McDormand, there's no trace of, of movie Starkey in her performance. She is such an ordinary person in this and her scenes and her interactions, her ability to listen so well to other ac actors. And some of them are, are real nomads who appear in the film and just watching everything in her face and the way the camera moves in such a handheld quality where we are just immersed almost like a documentary film into this world. It, it is beautiful. My first time watching it was again cerebral. My second time watching it was a more emotional. I did get fairly emotional with a, a, a key scene towards the end of the film. It is an absolute masterpiece and it is just came down to my first reaction between it and the number one film this year. And for me, I had to go with Promising Young Woman. Whisper something in your ear. Good God almighty. You know, they put themselves in danger, girls like that. It was a perverted thing to say. You'd think you'd learn by that age, right? 
I need to lay down. What are you doing? It's okay, Kate, you're safe. What are you doing? Hey, I said, what are you doing? Every week, I go to a club. I act like I'm too drunk to stand. And every week, a nice guy comes over to see if I'm okay. You okay? You are so pretty. I am a nice guy. Are you? One, two, three, four. I thought we had a connection. Okay. How old am I? What are my hobbies? What's my name? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard. Cassandra? We were in class together at Forest. You would have been a great doctor. What happened? I left under unusual circumstances. You remember what happened, right? Why I dropped out. I'm not the only one who didn't believe it. We get accusations like this all the time. Who needs brains? They never did a girl any good. I'm so sorry I didn't go with her. You gotta let it go. What are you gonna do? Emerald Fennell's masterpiece that she wrote and directed, dealing with a woman who tries to show men how to treat women and presents that lesson in a very harsh manner in a bit of a journey of trying to piece together the trauma of what happened to her best friend in medical school and how she now has found that no matter what she does, she can't escape that past and she has to take some action to deal with it in a very dramatic manner. I think probably those who would go against it say that it's a bit dramatic. There are some surprises in the third act, which I enjoyed because I didn't see coming that some others might kind of think is a little bit too, I don't know, convenient in some ways, but it is so well-written, surprising, effective. Uh, Carrie Mulligan is outstanding. And again, I hope it gets recognized in at least the screenplay category. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But my favorite movie of 2020 is Promising Young Woman. And I hope people will check it out if they haven't. If you disagree with me, that's fine. Please send me uh, your, your feedback through the Facebook group for the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. Or you can email shelfsheddingmovieshow at gmail.com. Or just find a way to send me a message and take a look at the previous 29 episodes that we worked on at theshelfsheddingmovieshow.ca. Next, I'm going to what I think is one of the strongest categories of the year, perhaps the strongest, is Best Actress in a leading role. And nominees are Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. They don't care nothing about me. All they want is my voice. Well, I didn't learn that. And they're going to treat me the way I want to be treated, no matter how much it hurt them. They're back there right now calling me all kinds of names, calling me everything but a child of God. But they can't do nothing else because they ain't got what they wanted yet. As soon as they get my voice down on one of them recording machines, then it's just like I be some whore, and they roll over and put their pants on. They ain't got no use for me then. 
I know what I'm talking about. You watch. Andrea Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday. For the record, I'm going to need you to state your name. My name is Billie Holiday. Go on, lady. Go ahead and speak your piece. You're a victim of drugs. We know that. I don't blame nobody but myself. Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. She has to pay for her incompetence. Is this about money? No. Is it, is it about what, what people think? It's about you. It's about you having to face this. I am facing this. I am facing it. I am facing this. Well, I don't think you are. We need, we need some justice here. No, you need. That is what you want. That is what you need. That is, that is your way. That is not my way. That is what you need. Martha, if you had done it my way, you'd be holding your baby in your arms right now. You know what, you, you're ashamed. You're so ashamed of me. You're ashamed because I failed. Oh, what a disgrace. Oh, what a disgrace. I failed. Francis McDormand in Nomadland. Bo never knew his parents and we never had kids. If I didn't stay, if I left, it would be like he never existed. I couldn't pack up and move on. He loved Empire. He loved his work so much. He loved being there. Everybody loved him. So I stayed. Same town, same house. It's like my dad used to say, what's remembered lives. And Carrie Mulgan in Promising Young Woman. Daisy. That's me. Dean Walker, please sit. My assistant says that you are interested in resuming med school. That's right. May I ask what prompted your desire to get back to your studies? I guess I couldn't stop thinking about my time here. Yeah, that's an extraordinary place. It's an unusual request. Yes, but I left under unusual circumstances. Oh. I left because of what happened to Nina. Hmm. Nina Fisher. You don't remember her? Maybe you remember Alexander Monroe? Oh, yes, Alexander Monroe. He actually just came back and gave a talk here. Oh, he's a, he's a really nice guy, really smart. Are you a friend of his? No. So you don't remember the accusations made against Al Monroe? I don't. He took a girl, Nina Fisher the one you don't remember, back to his room where he had sex with her repeatedly and in front of his friends while she was too drunk to have any idea what was going on. She was covered in bruises the next day. Handprints, I guess you could say. Was it reported? Yes. Do you know who Nina spoke to? You.
there are obviously two films that will inflate my point system here, but this is quite a strong list. And I'm going to be starting off perhaps apologizing that I have to be so hard on two of these performances. Starting off with Viola Davis. Again, this is such a small, flashy role, but not a ton of screen time. I I felt like it was a four-year consideration type of role. I don't think it's Viola Davis's best work. She was much better in The Help, and of course, when she won for Fences a few years ago, she's a tremendous actor. There is a better-than-average chance that she might pull off this win. And again, she, I believe, is the most nominated African-American female and I really think that it's going to improve very much in this category and we have two very strong nominees but shockingly for somebody as great as she is I'm kind of in a position where I can only give her three points for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andrea Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday. It's a bad movie, but she is fantastic. The movie would have been a train wreck, a, a Razzie nominee, if Andrea Day hadn't have been there. And she gives herself to this role. She's naked, literally and figuratively, in it. And for somebody who hadn't acted before, is a tremendous uh, singer. This was an amazing method performance that she gives. And so every moment that she is in the film, I enjoyed it, but I was so annoyed with the direction she was given, the editing, the screenplay. It was a, the the movie's a mess, but Andrea Day is fantastic in it. And I'm very happy that I'm able to give her 12 points for this strong performance. If it's between the two African-American actors, I, I think Andrea Day, I would be happier to see holding the statue than Viola Davis, because this was a heck of a film debut. Vanessa Kirby is so good in Pieces of a Woman. I'm not sure a lot of people have seen this on Netflix. I saw it at the Toronto International Film Festival. Her early scenes are a horrible miscarriage in an extended scene that is so well acted but is heartbreaking and the rest of the film is her dealing with the psychological trauma of what this does to her, to her relationship with her boyfriend and with her family and court proceedings and she is so, so strong in the film. It is a tough emotional performance and for it to only have five points for me shows the caliber of acting in this category this year. Again, it just absolutely wonderful performance by Vanessa Kirby. I would encourage people, it's 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 a tough movie to watch, but if you can watch it, just see what she did. I think this is probably the least watched film of the five, and I, I would encourage people to see pieces of a woman and see how good Vanessa Kirby is. I'm glad she made the cut and was nominated for Best Actress, and I hope to see her in even greater stuff in the future and, and perhaps be a future Oscar winner. Again, splitting the difference here, leaving myself 30 points. So 15 points for my two favorite performances. Frances McDormand is a god of acting and her fern in Nomadland, she just keeps topping herself. Again, I, I had mentioned Andrea Day being figuratively naked and actually naked in the film. Frances McDormand does the same thing. She handles some scenes that no other actor would take on and she gets to the, the honest to goodness truth of this woman and her situation and and life in the United States pre-COVID. And just watching her face, she says so much. There isn't a ton of dialogue. She says everything in her face. I know exactly what she is thinking at each moment and when her heart is broken and when she's amused and when she's angry and when she's frustrated. It, it It is so good. And I think what goes against her, unfortunately, is that she has two Best Actress Academy Awards. And I do think, you know, after a long 
long time. The Academy is looking at potentially giving this award to a woman of color. Uh, and I certainly understand that. But McDormand gives a better performance than Day and Viola Davis. But I also give 15 points to Carrie Mulligan and Promising Young Woman. This is such a strong performance from an actor that several years ago when she was in a movie called In Education, she blew me away. I actually would have voted for her that year for Best Actress. And I said to myself, we have our next Emma Thompson. She hasn't always been given the roles that show off how good she is until now. This is a revenge film unlike anyone I've seen before. It is better than the Kill Bill type of idea. This is a woman who is seeking revenge for what the world has done and, and men have done to her best friend. We see how guarded she is, the moments that she lets down her guard, how disappointed she is when she realizes she should have never, never let her guard down. And we see just one of the, the most emotional reactions just before the third act and then the actions she takes in this wonderful screenplay. But Mulligan is the heart and soul of this film. She's the central character. We see the story for most of it through her eyes and there's some flashy moments but in its way it's also fairly subtle what she is doing and just watching what she does in her daily interactions and the scenes with her parents. It is a remarkable piece of film acting and I'm a big fan. So obviously if I shed the nominees down to three uh, the nominees would be Andrea Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday Francis McDormand for Nomadland and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman and I would be sending my vote to Carrie Mulligan because Francis McDormand has won twice before and Mulligan is so strong and so deserving of this award it's a real real coin toss depending on which polls and which what information I've looked at. I think she's still in the mix as a possibility to win, but I could also see somebody else winning this award. And much like the Best Supporting Actress category, I think this is fairly competitive still. I don't think it's set in stone who's going to win like it is for the two male categories. So this is going to be an exciting category to watch for the awards. Continuing on with the nominees for Best Picture. You sound great. Yeah, right. What? You're telling me you weren't feeling it? You were in it. We don't need to, we don't need to put them all out. I know, but we just need to Your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. We'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. Lou, no. let's play tomorrow and see what it's like, okay? I'm gonna be like a click track. You can play to me. Sound of Metal, again, such an original concept, and it's just technically amazing, much like Mank, but in a different way, with a great performance by Riz Ahmad, playing this heavy metal drummer who loses his hearing suddenly in the middle of a show, and he struggles dealing with now his hearing loss, which is potentially going to get worse. It's a remarkable performance, very well directed, very well written film, and again, I'm really happy it made the, the best picture list in early awards. It looked like Riz Ahmad was kind of the lone nominee. I, I kind of thought when I saw it that the Academy would sort of catch up and, and give it several nominations, which they have. Kind of a, a, a tough year in some ways with so many great films that came out primarily through streaming or early rental and not as many people could go to the movie theaters to see these films. 
I think several of them would uh, would be amazing on the big screen. Sound of Metal would definitely be one of those because of some incredible sound design. I hope it wins the Academy Award for sound. It is amazing. That said, I am limited to giving it five points as much as I admire this film. One of the interesting Oscar contenders, again, is The Trial of the Chicago 7. We want to underscore again that we're coming to Chicago peacefully, but whether we're given permits or not, we're coming. We're going to Chicago to protest the Vietnam War. And there's no place to be right now but in it. We watched for a decade while these rebels without a job tell us how to prosecute a war. They're going to spend their 30s in a federal facility, real time. People say, you know, Abby, are you concerned about an overreaction from the cops? Holy shit. <laughs> you all right? It was until it's all there. Are the people ready to make opening arguments? At the defense table. Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, Dave Dellinger, Rennie Davis, Lee Weiner, John Freund, Tom Hayden, and Bobby Seale. These defendants had a plan, and the plan was to incite a riot. I call this portion of the trial with friends like these. <laughs> my trial's begun without my lawyer. The court assumes you are being represented by the Black Panther sitting behind you. The riots were started by the Chicago Police Department. Sustained. Nobody objected. Jurors 6 and 11, they're with us. Juror number 6 and juror number 11, you're dismissed from this jury. Can you tell us why? Because this is my courtroom. We've dealt with jury tampering, wiretapping, a defendant that was literally gagged. Get your hands off me! You're the first to suggest that I have discriminated against a black man. Then let the record show that I'm the second. When we walked in here this morning, they were chanting that the whole world is watching. If we leave here without saying anything about why we came in the first place, it'll be heartbreaking. The last summer, why did you come to the convention? To end the war. We're giving them exactly what they want, a stage and an audience. Yeah, you really think there's going to be a big audience? Here I am! This is what revolution looks like, real revolution. We may have to hurt somebody's feelings. Solid film, you know, well written. I think it's well within Aaron Sorkin's wheelhouse, but it tells a, a different take on the Chicago 7. We're considered basically domestic terrorists in the 1960s, and we kind of get their side of the story and certainly take a look at the corruption uh, involved with their trial by a, a judge who was very, very biased, played by the great Frank Langella, as part of this just absolutely amazing who's who cast of Oscar winners like Eddie Redmayne and we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, of course, Sasha Baron Cohen, who's nominated, and Mark Rylance, who I mentioned, as well as, a, to me, it was a little bit of a surprise appearance by the great Michael Keaton uh, in the film as well, and he has a couple of very effective scenes. This is, again, a very much a four-year consideration type of film. The cast won the actor for Best Ensemble, which sometimes is a precursor to, to winning Best Picture, some years not, but it, it, it did help the cast of Parasite last year. It's not nominated for Best Director, which most times is uh, a detriment to a film having a chance to win Best Picture. If it wins, I wouldn't be surprised, yet it, it definitely is not the best of this list. And the way the points kind of worked out for me, I had to only give it four points. It is definitely better than four points, and as is Sound of Metal is better than, than five points. I'd say Judas and the Black Messiah is also better than five points, but that's how it landed. So as far as shedding the nominees, again, to what I like 
is five nominees from the traditional way that the Academy used to do things. If I was to shed the nominees and we would have our top five for Best Picture, The Father, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, and Promising Young Woman. And I gave Promising Young Woman and Nomadland the same number of points. But if I had a vote, I would be going with Promising Young Woman as the Best Picture of the Year, simply because it was the most remarkable experience I had in the movies for the 2020 film year. I had high expectations and it exceeded those expectations and I think it is one of the most important films uh, I've seen and certainly this is early part of this decade. I would imagine it and probably Nomadland would be ending up on my 10 favorite films uh, at the end of the decade. So having these great performances, these great films in a year that was difficult for Hollywood, I very much view as a positive thing and I can't wait to see the direction that the Academy goes. I don't know. I, I will be very happy uh, if Nomadland or Promising Young Woman win. But again, I don't think as hard as I am on some of the others with points, I don't think you could go wrong with this list of eight. They are all fantastic films. And with that, I'm going to thank you so much for listening to this special episode of the Shelf Shedding Movie Show, episode number 30. I would ask you to listen to some other podcasts by friends of the show, rank and review, as well as A Lifetime of Hallmark, regular guests Larry Parsons with Rankin Review and Kurt Fitzpatrick with A Lifetime of Hallmark come on the show and I have been guests on rank, a guest on Rankin Review several times and I hope to be a guest on uh, A Lifetime of Hallmark in the future just support these free podcasts we're all doing this kind of on the side because we love talking about the material that we're talking about and I certainly love movies and I love the Academy Awards and I'm happy that we were able to have an Academy Awards this year and continue that tradition in still very very difficult time please as always be safe and be kind to one another and keep supporting the movies thank you